the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park. First Baptist Church of College Hill in Tampa has Sunday morning worship services at 7.30 and again at 10. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This is Romans in a nutshell. It is the righteous dealings of a righteous God with an unrighteous people whereby he makes them righteous. That is Romans. And Romans, this whole book answers the age-old question, how can a righteous God save unrighteous sinners without compromising his righteousness? That's Romans. That's the gospel. And to not understand that is to be swayed all of your life when anything new comes along that goes against what you've been taught. A popular slogan among Christians used to be, Christ is the answer. However, the common response from skeptics was to ask, what's the question? All too often the Christian did not know, and even now does not know, the question. It's the most important question in the universe. How can unrighteous sinners like you and me stand before God who is perfect and just. In the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul explains how God, by His grace, is able to make us righteous through what the Lord Jesus Christ did on the cross. Welcome to Verse by Verse. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is about to launch a new series of studies in the book of Romans. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor for over 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. His teaching ministry has now expanded to include these daily radio Bible classes produced by Verse by Verse Ministries. I have to admit that Romans is not my favorite book in the Bible. My favorite might be Philippians, but it's hard to choose a favorite. However, if someone told me that they were going to take away my Bible, but leave me with only one book of it, and I could choose that book, I would choose Romans. The Holy Spirit enabled Paul to condense all the essential elements of the gospel and orthodox Christian doctrine into this one fabulous document. If you're listening today and you're not sure what Christianity is all about, I urge you to keep your radio dial right here and listen to this entire series. No one has ever explained the gospel more completely and convincingly than Paul did when he composed the book of Romans. If you have your Bible with you, turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Here is Pastor Steve to introduce us to a wonderful book. The place is the book of Romans, right after the book of Acts. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 1, and we... Yes, we'll attempt to cover the first 17 verses as we really take a survey of the book and an introduction and a survey of the first 17 verses. Paul, 
of bondservants of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh, who is declared with power to be the Son of God by the resurrection from the dead, according to the Spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his name's sake, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. To all who are beloved of God in Rome, call the saints grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. For God, whom I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel of his Son, is my witness as to how unceasingly I make mention of you, always in my prayers making request, if perhaps now at last, by the will of God, I may succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you in order that I may impart some spiritual gift to you, that you may be established." That is, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. And I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that often I have planned to come to you and have been prevented thus far, in order that I might obtain some fruit among you also, even as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am debtor or I am under obligation both to Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. Thus, for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. These 17 verses that we've just read introduce to us the most powerful, and I say this without any hesitation, the most powerful document that has ever been penned by human hands. Paul's letter to the Romans stands out as the inspired letter above all inspired letters, equal in God's sight as far as the inspiration of God is concerned for all Scripture is God-breathed. But God has uniquely chosen to use this letter to transform lives and to influence the church. Consider this. In the summer of A.D. 386, a man by the name of Aurelius Augustinus, who was a teacher of rhetoric, a professor of rhetoric, took up his scroll and read these words from Romans 13, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. He wrote this, No further would I read, he said, nor had I any need. Instantly, at the end of this sentence, a clear light flooded my heart, and all the darkness of doubt vanished away. Such was the conversion of a man who's influenced the church by the name of St. Augustine. Consider this. In November 1515, an Augustinian monk, professor of sacred theology at the University of Wittenberg in Germany, began to expound this epistle to his students, the epistle of Paul to the Romans. And as he was preparing his lectures, he became more and more convinced that the just shall live by faith. In his own words, he said this, I greatly long to understand Paul's letter to the Romans. 
and nothing stood in the way but that one expression, the righteousness of God. Night and day I ponder until I grasp the truth that the righteousness of God is that righteousness whereby grace, through grace rather than sheer mercy, he justifies us by faith. Thereupon I felt myself to be reborn. Through the reading of this book that we've just introduced, Martin Luther, the Augustinian monk, became a believer in Jesus Christ, and through his conversion was ushered in the Reformation where scores of men and women rediscovered the biblical truth that righteousness comes not through the church, not through baptism, not through any religious rite, but by grace through faith alone in Christ. Consider this. On the evening of May 24th, 1738, John Wesley unwillingly attended a society meeting in London where someone was reading Luther's preface to the Epistle to the Romans. Not the, the, not the commentary itself, but merely the preface. Wesley wrote this in his journal about a quarter before nine while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for my salvation. And an assurance was given me that I had, that, that he had taken away my, my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. This event, Wesley's conversion more than any other event, launched the evangelical revival of the 18th century. It's no wonder that the great Swiss commentator Godet has pointed out that every movement, every revival, every awakening in the history of the church has been connected with the teaching set forth in the book of Romans. God has used this book above all other books to bring men and women to faith in himself. But I want you to understand something. While the Spirit of God has been pleased to use Paul's letter this way, that is not the primary intent of the book of Romans. That is not why Paul wrote it. That is not why the Spirit of God had him pen it. The book of Romans is not a sermon to persuade unsaved sinners to repent and trust Christ. It is not the intent. It is not the design of that book. But rather, it is the plan of salvation being taught to those who are already believers. And a lot of people miss that. The point of Romans is not really primarily to be a salvation message for, for unsaved people. It is a teaching message. It is Paul's lessons to believers on what salvation is all about. And it is not by accident that this epistle is placed first before any other epistle in the New Testament. Now, it was not written first. But it is placed first, and I don't believe that's an accident because the book of Romans stands as a gateway to all the other writings in the New Testament. But you must understand Romans before you understand the rest of Paul's letters and Peter's letters and James and anything else in the New Testament. It really isn't a gospel witness. It is a lesson taught to save people. Now, what do I, what do I mean by that? Let me explain so you don't misunderstand. No one today, no matter what certain commentaries may say, no one today knows how this church was founded. Now, that may come as a shock to you. Peter did not start this church. The Roman church believes that Peter 
Does the founder of this church know? He did not. Why do I say that? Paul did not start this because in Romans 15, 20, we read this. Paul says, And thus I aspired to preach the gospel, not where Christ was already named, that I might not build upon another man's foundation. Paul says, I want to come to you. I've, I've wanted to go there. I've wanted to be in your presence. But, if, but I will not build upon another man's foundation. If an apostle has been there before me, I won't take his territory. Paul is saying, I've never been there. Peter has never been there. No apostle has ever been there to Rome. We don't know how this church was founded. The best guess, the best guess, and it's a guess at that, was that the church was founded by teachers and leaders from some of the Gentile churches in Asia Minor. And that's pretty much all we can go by. Maybe, maybe some of the Jewish people who were there at the day of Pentecost took back the message of salvation, left Jerusalem, went back to Rome, and there they started the church. Maybe, but most likely it was from Gentile leaders of other churches in Asia Minor. Now you must understand that because Paul had this in, in mind when he wrote the letter. Why did he write this letter? Now I want you to, uh, Romans is very logical, and we're going to try to be logical as we approach it, even in the introduction. Pastor Steve will continue this introduction to Romans in just a few seconds. First, though, let's pause briefly to welcome those who just tuned in. We're glad you found us. You are listening to Verse by Verse. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is just beginning a series of studies in the book of Romans. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. The Apostle Paul had a great burden to give the Roman believers a clear picture of just what the gospel is. What a blessing that God has preserved this epistle to this day so that we too can benefit from it. Now here is Pastor Steve to continue with our study. Paul started out writing this letter because there was a woman who was in a church nearby, Centria. He was at Corinth, Centria is close, by the name of Phoebe. And Phoebe was about to go to Rome. And Paul, Romans chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, has been asked apparently to write a letter of commendation for the church at Rome to receive her, much as we do when someone transfers to another church and that church writes us and says, would you, uh, would you recommend this person? Can you give your approval on this person becoming a member of our church? And we get letters like that all the time. But Paul writes, I commend you, commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church which is at Centria, that you receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, and he goes on and so forth. So it first starts out as a, as a simple letter of commendation. Phoebe is going to go there and she's going to present the papers in which the great apostle Paul has said, receive her into the church. That's how it started. But then he took the liberty to tell them why he's not been there to Rome. They were wondering, look, you're the apostle to the Gentiles. Why haven't you been in Rome? This is the heart of, of the Gentile world. and You've not been here. So he says in verse 13, I don't want you to be unaware, brethren. I don't want you to be ignorant that often I plan to come to you. I've been prevented, he says. There's so much work to do in the Greek churches in Asia Minor that I haven't been able to get there. I've been prevented. So first, it's a letter of commendation. Then he wants to explain to them why he hasn't been there. But that is not the heart of the reason that Paul wrote this letter. Paul is burdened for these believers they have no apostolic leader. 
No one there to guide them. No one to lead them in the great truths of theology. And Paul is afraid that he might not ever get there. He wants to get there. It's his prayer to get there. But he says in, in the end of this book, he says, I am going to Jerusalem. And he says, brethren, pray for me that I might be delivered from the hands of the Jewish religious leaders. Paul understood that he might not make it out of, out of Jerusalem alive. Paul understood that this may be his only opportunity to guide these believers, to instruct them. And so he has a burden to get the truth to them, and also because he may not be able to get there in, per in person. This was a strategic church. This was not like Corinth. This was not like Thessalonica. This was not like Ephesus. This was the center of paganism. This was the center of the world. Rome was a strategic place. It was said that all roads led to Rome. And that means that all roads led from Rome. And if these believers were not grounded in the truth, then what would go out of Rome? A distorted gospel. Error mixed with truth. These believers needed guidance. They needed to be taught. They needed an understanding of the doctrine of salvation and the basis of their faith. So Paul takes this opportunity to write this letter that would ground them in the truth of salvation. They needed to understand what salvation was all about. They were already believers, but they needed to understand the basis of their faith in Christ. And so Paul writes them to instruct them with one basic thought in mind. If you're taking notes, you'll, un you'll understand Romans by what I'm about to say. He wants them to understand one thing. Their salvation is consistent with God's own character and attributes. Their salvation is consistent with the character and the attributes of Almighty God, specifically His righteousness. You see, there is one word and concept that rises above all others in this letter. There is one truth that is paramount to all other truths in Romans. There is one central theme around which the gospel and the contents of Romans revolves. There is only one way to properly interpret the book of Romans, and any interpretation that does not take into account this one word that I'm about to say will miss the mark as far as Romans is concerned, and that is the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. If you and I don't understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ rests upon the righteousness of God, we will be subject all of our lives to serious errors in our theology and in our lifestyle. I'm convinced that the most stable, steadfast, persevering Christians are those who understand that God's righteousness has been revealed in the gospel. These are the Christians who aren't shaken in their faith when a cult leader takes and preaches another gospel. These Christians are in trouble when a philosopher suggests that God is unfair, that God is unjust, that God hasn't treated the heathen properly, that God hasn't treated the Jew properly. They're not shaken because they understand that this gospel is consistent with God's righteousness. These Christians aren't swayed when a well-known theologian tries to redefine sin by calling it a lack of self-esteem rather than the rebellion of man towards Almighty God. These Christians are in trouble when someone raises an objection to the gospel and they don't know the answer. They're not troubled because they understand that 
in this gospel is revealed God's righteousness. Now, these Christians stand upon the righteousness of God. You see, they understand that salvation is more than a, than a story. You, you've misunderstood the gospel in some respects. In the heart of it, if you think that the gospel is only a story, you misunderstand the gospel if you think it's only a plan. You misunderstand the gospel if you think of it as a mere system of theological belief. It is the righteous. Now, watch this. This is Romans in a nutshell. It is the righteous dealings of a righteous God with an unrighteous people whereby he makes them righteous. That is Romans. And Romans, this whole book answers the age-old question, how can a righteous God save unrighteous sinners without compromising his righteousness? That's Romans. That's the gospel. And to not understand that is to be swayed all of your life when anything new comes along that goes against what you've been taught. It was the late, great Harry Ironside who was called to witness to a dying man. This man was dying. He didn't have long to live. It was not the time to, uh, to establish a friendship and say, I'll be back to see you. It was a time to jump into the gospel. And to this dying person, Harry Ironside said this, he asked him if he wanted to be saved and go to heaven. Did he want that? Was that his desire? You know what the man responded? He responded by saying, I certainly would, but I don't want God to do anything wrong in saving me. Yes, I want to go to heaven, but not at the expense of God having to do anything wrong in getting me there. That's the heart of Romans. That a righteous God can, can save sinners and take them to heaven and still remain righteous and not be tainted by our sin. It was the Greek philosopher Socrates who once said, it may be that the deity can forgive sins, but I don't see how. But you and I will see how. You and I will have the opportunity to see how God can forgive sinners by studying the book of Romans, for that is what Romans is all about. What started out from the heart of Paul as a simple commendation of Phoebe to the church at Rome has ended up to be the most important document ever written. If God said to me, Steve, I'm going to strand you on an island the rest of your life, you have one book in the Bible to, to take with you, take your pick. Without any question, it would be Romans. Romans. For if you understand Romans, you understand the rest of the New Testament. If you understand Romans, you understand your faith. If you understand Romans, you understand God's only solution to man's problem of sin. It was the skeptic Renan who is credited with the statement that when Phoebe sailed away from Corinth, she carried beneath the folds of her robe the whole future of Christian theology. There's a great truth to that. Christianity rises and falls on the truth that the righteousness of God is revealed in this gospel. I hope this first part of Pastor Steve's introduction to the book of Romans has whet your appetite for more. As we proceed through Romans, we'll find many uncomfortable truths within its chapters, but we'll also find the solution to the dilemma faced by every human on the planet. What must I do to inherit eternal life? 
If you don't know the answer to that question, keep listening and the book of Romans will make it clear. You have been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been serving at Lakeside for more than 26 years. And now we at Verse by Verse Ministries have the pleasure of making his expository or verse-by-verse messages available through this wonderful radio station. We are a faith ministry made possible through the prayers and gifts of interested listeners who are first faithful to their own churches. If you would like to listen again to this program, you'll find it at our website, versebyverseradio.org. If you miss any of the other classes along the way, just go to the archives page and you can find the broadcast you need. We also offer on the website a place to sign up for our free podcasting service or our complimentary newsletter. That's versebyverseradio.org. Today was the start of a three-part message. To hear the whole message at once, you can order a CD or a cassette. Just call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-441-1714. What Paul had to say to the believers in Rome was of tremendous... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding... He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.